on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I, I never look at anything as like bad. I always look at it as there's a learning opportunity from it. So I lost money on a couple jobs here and there, probably, but like I learned so much from it. I, I needed better systems. I needed better processes. I, I needed different types of people to be able to handle those situations. I learned so much from anything that could be considered, I guess, bad. I never looked at anything bad. I looked at everything like as an opportunity to right, learn right. and grow. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. Chaz Wolf gathering the kings. Today's guest, Benny Fisher. Dude, we just got done with this incredible pod and the energy, you said knowledge in your head and passion in your heart. And honestly, dude, the entire time we were talking, it, that's what I was feeling was energy and passion from you, man. Is that is that what exudes from you on a daily? Every single day, I'd say 22 hours a day. At two hours, I actually probably get to sleep. Yeah, that, that was fun, man. That was a great, that was a great show. That was probably the best because it was sh short to the point. We got a lot of juice in there, a lot of meat. A lot of I think the listeners are going to love it. I think they are too. Grab your notebook and your pen because we're about to dive in. All right, guys, Chaz Wolf gathering the Kings. Today, I've got on the show, Benjamin. They call him Benny Fisher. Welcome to the stage. Man. That was quite the introduction, Chaz. You just wait. I'm getting ready to put you on, on level nine, cloud nine, but just level version, right? Thanks for All being right. here, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, this is cool, man. Very good. Okay, so Benny, tell us what business you're in. I'm a roofing contractor. Gosh, you are like... When we talk, so for the listener here, we've already talked a couple of times off camera and, and this dude's full of stories and language. And then as soon as I turn the camera on, he gives me one word answers. I love well, it. Well, I just, you said it was going to be speed and you wanted to be chopping. So I thought <laughs> you were keep firing. So I'm Come on, man. Okay. So you're in the roofing industry, but you're a king in the industry, bro. I'm residential retail roofing contractor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Love it. And uh, high focus on customer service and um, an amazing experience for the clients. I love it. Such an industry of roofing where people maybe overlook the experience or maybe don't care about the experience. It's definitely been underserved. And that's why I got into the business. Um, I just yeah. saw a huge opportunity to like make it cool. And uh, that's what we've been doing over here. I love it. I love it. And you're a creative marketing guy. So we're going to get into some of your genius here in a little bit, but tell me at this level, you're obviously at the seven figure and above level. And you just told me some of your targets for this coming year. Feel free to share if you want, but you're trying to do it big, man. And so at this level, what drives you? You've made it per se. What drives you at this moment? Our people drive us or drive me and our leadership team just to do more. So that way there's more growth. So that way there's more opportunity. And, and then in doing that, our clients get a better experience. They get better served. More people can get taken care of. And it's just the, it's the wheel of life. You're a people guy. I know off camera, we talked about, you know, like personality types and we talked about profiles and stuff like that. And you're a people person. Like you love, clearly you love people. You love being around people. You love serving people. You love making people happy. 
It, has that has that affected your journey as an entrepreneur? You, you've talked about experience, both your team and your clients. Obviously, that's close to your heart. Yeah, I, I just I was I started in commercial roofing. That's kind of how I learned the roofing business. But I never really liked commercial roofing because you don't get to deal with the grandmas and grandpas and the stay at home moms and the business dads that are busy with their baseball kids. And I really just like dealing with people like me and really making an impact and really changing their day and brightening them up a little. Bit. I love that uh, perspective because I've talked to entrepreneurs over the years. I'm sure you have as well, but who are customer focused and and for you to think that you can change someone's day with their roof seems, wait a second. No, that's, you're not delivering happiness, but, but you are. Tell us, just, just give us 30 seconds on that. And we're going to jump into some other things here. Well, if you've ever had a roof done and it's like a war zone and you don't, people don't realize it until after it's torn off and laying in their yard. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that can happen that yeah. customers aren't really ready for. And you have to be able to first let them know what to expect ahead of time. And then while it's happening, ease the ease them into it a little bit and uh, make sure that they feel warm and cozy and just keep taking them step by step through the process. And, and then when it's done, that after picture, when they get that, I love to sell black roofs because I feel like it makes every house pop. And you can just you show it to them and you can be proud of it. Their house is their number one investment most of these people have. They spend yeah, the yeah. most money on their house. So why not take care of it with a great roof? Buy big fish. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Benny, take us back. Where does your entrepreneurial journey begin? Tell us about how it all came together. How long do we have? Because I can go all the <laughs> way back or I can go back to like when I started this company. I want you to go all the way back for, for a quick minute. Tell us all about right. the, the very beginning. So I was eight years old and I was playing baseball. And back then we had to raise money and our parents never had any money just to sponsor. So we had to go out and sell candy bars. That's right. I remember. And I would sell candy bars and I would, you know, want to win the prize in the contest. And I would just go out and instead of selling one per door, like most of the kids did, I would upsell these guys and tell them they needed five and 10 and 15 and, oh, hey, your grandkids uh -huh. are coming over. You need a whole box. You need 30 <laughs> of them. Cause they, I remember they came in 30 bars in a box. That's right. And I would go through boxes and boxes and I just loved it. I love the conversations at the door. I, that's when the first time I ever had a knock. I was knocking on doors when I was yeah. eight years old, man. That's right. That's right. I didn't realize that was a skill that was going to like lead to like massive success, but it yeah. did because I'm not afraid to talk to people. I love talking to people. I love, again, like I said, brightening their day, making them smile. Yeah. And uh, I love asking questions. I'm really curious about how people live and what they do for a living. And I think people like that. You know, people just want people to listen. So then let's fast forward through high school. Back then in the late 90s, everybody's supposed to go to college. That was the thing to do. I have ADHD. I don't really like sitting around at school. So I went for a couple of weeks and I was paying for my own way. And then I realized if I'm paying, man, I'm not sitting here. I'm going to go get a job. Nope. And I saw a ad for a car dealership. You can make a hundred grand a year, but you had to pay for the sales training. You had to pay 500 bucks. You had to invest in yourself. Yep. And you can make a hundred grand. I was like, you know what? That sounds way better than spending six grand on this semester at college. <laughs> I said so. <laughs> I went to the car dealership and I went through their training. I think 30 guys showed up. I think 15 or 10 of us were left at the end of the two weeks. Yep, we ended yep. up getting our money back because you know, that was part of the deal. You get your money back if you make it through the training. And I think I got a thousand dollar bonus for staying 90 days, but I sold a bunch of cars the first couple of months, made a bunch of money. I was yeah. 18 years old. Rolling um, in the dough. <laughs> rolling in the dough. All my friends were like in college. I was the guy that could buy anything I wanted. And I, would yep. come to the, I would still hang out with them on the weekends. And That's I had right. a new car. Like I, right. I bought a new truck and a Ford Ranger. 
because the, <laughs> the car sales guy said, you got to get into debt. It's I went through all that. I, I remember getting some training. I'm going up to Cleveland and a guy named Grant Cardone was up there um, oh, yeah. and he was on fire, man. He was up and down the aisles and on stage and look good, talk good. And then sold me a bunch of cassette tapes. And, and I think I paid $1,500 for those. I'm thinking like, yo, I need more training. I need more training. Right. And I remember those got dusty because I never put them in. Yep. And then, you know, I worked some other corporate jobs. And then my uncle calls me up one day and said, Hey, I've been in the roofing business my whole life. I'm going to go out and start my own company. He was in commercial roofing. Yeah. And uh, he said, move over to Pittsburgh and uh, help me, uh, help me do sales and marketing. And I said, you know what? That sounds like fun. I kept going from job to job and sales. And yeah, and I was just like not getting any traction anywhere. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm up for an adventure. I come over here. I didn't know anything about roofing and uh, slowly, but surely he taught me the roofing part, but I was good at networking. I was good at talking to people. I was good at making yeah. feel people special. I was good about talking to my uncle up and he's my uncle. I looked up to him yeah. and everything was good. Five years go by and I was starting to get a little bit older. I had a kid at the time. I needed some more responsibility in family business. It's tough. They want you to wear all the hats. I was selling commercial. I was selling residential. I was project managing both. I was like picking up material at four in the morning. Oof. And I was just like, and then me and him were kind of like button heads a little bit. He was an old school roofer and which I really respected because he did work hard and stuff like that, but he didn't like the the vision that I had necessarily sure. kind of like what I saw out there, like, especially with residential roofing. So I decided one day I'm going to go start my own little company. And uh, at the time, my goal was, Hey, let's pay the mortgage. Let's pay the truck payment. Let's have a couple extra dollars. Yep. You know, at least I'll be able to do what I want. I don't have to listen to anybody. It's, That's we right. Can go, we can do it my way. Freedom ring. And uh, so I just did it. I just, I don't know. I, sometimes I think if I was any smarter, I probably would have not, would have not done it, but I just did it. I didn't, you know, I just went out and did it and knocked on a few doors, ran a couple ads and a local paper and uh, drew a cool logo, the fish logo, and uh, came up with a cool catchy name. And um, my last name is Fisher. I'm not a small guy. So we called the big fish contracting company. There you go. I got a cartoon fish. I made a cartoon face of myself because I know people sell to people. Yeah. And at the time in Pittsburgh, nobody had that type of angle on any type of construction business, let alone roofing. I like to think I was a trailblazer, at least in Pittsburgh market, as far as that stuff goes. And now there's, there's really a lot of companies out there that are doing marketing at a high level, sales at a high level, yeah. taking care of the customer. And I'm actually really proud of that. A lot of people think, oh, your competitors are copying you. I say, no, they're not copying me. They're getting better. I said, and when they get better, that just makes me want to get better. 100%. So I was, yep. I have to keep my uh, foot on the gas pedal. And you talk about how do I keep motivated? Well, someone's always trying to come after you. And I just, and I don't want my people to ever feel like they work for the second best roofing company in Pittsburgh. I love that. I love that. Okay. So you've given us so much. I want to recap this for the listener just real quick here. So number one, you have a history of sales, taking care of people, but taking care of people in your history, go with sales. It's together. And so for the entrepreneur out there that's not seven figures yet, you need to hear the word sales. He said he learned sales. He invested in himself to learn sales <laughs> so that he could teach his guys how to sell. And, and we've got a mutual friend, Ryan Groth, who, who I know you're uh, an ambassador for his program, I think you said, but man, like that's how you grow a business is you got to grow sales. So I think that's number one that you need to write that down. Thank you for sharing that. That's huge. And of course, every business can take that away. You're grinding, let's say. So you, you stepped away from, from your uncle, you're doing your thing. You got a little bit of money, you're making it happen, but you're not at the seven figure mark yet. Tell us about a good decision that you made that allowed you to springboard. That would be helpful for the listener to, to, to duplicate. 
I got involved. I found the right client. So like in, in a residential roofing business, you're, you're dealing with a lot of single family homes. And those are at the time, I think $10,000 at a time. And it's a grind. To do a million dollars, you got to sell hundred jobs. And uh, that could be daunting. But I found a couple of clients that were in the HOA world. And I found a place that was willing to take a shot on me. I was just starting out. I didn't have any credentials. I didn't have any resume. Didn't have any big projects under my belt. But I was able to convince them that I knew exactly how the roof process worked. I was able to convince them that I had the manufacturer that would back me up. I had a really good relationship with GAF. And I was able to save them money because I didn't have all this overhead. I didn't have any employees at the time. I was just contracting with some local crews in the area that were just doing the work. I was still doing all the selling and the project managing and the office work and the marketing. But I was able to convince them that it's only one roof at a time. Even though you have 25 buildings, Right. It's only one job at a time. And I said, and if it makes you feel more comfortable, we don't even have to sign a contract for all 25 buildings. Give me a contract for the first building. And when you like what you get and you like everything and everything goes good, guess what? We'll just go do the next one and we'll go do the next one. You don't have to give me a $750,000 contract. They gave me a $750,000 contract when I said that. Yeah. And it was over three years. And so it was like 250 grand a year. And that was able yeah. to give me enough of a cushion to then go out and find more residential single family homework while I was doing that big project that took me two right. months every year. So right. I already right. knew that in March and April of every year, I was going to have that job already lined up. And, but I had to work hard at it. I had to get out of my comfort zone. It, it was very, it was very like scary getting in front of like six old people. You know, I was like sure. 35 at the time. And all these people on these boards are like 65, 70 retired corporate jobs, really well-versed and well-financed and, I just felt like I was like way overmatched. So I called my buddy from GAF up. I said, Hey, you got to come help me with this one, man. You got to give him some confidence. I said, right. we got to get this job. I said, and that job then led to me being able to be freed up, go get more jobs, then figure out that I need to go hire some people. Then I got a project manager. I found a salesperson. I found an office person. And then we just kept building it slowly, but surely over the last six years. I love great. it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to recap again here. Cause you've given us like so much in just a couple of sentences. First off, you came right back to sales. You said, even though it was just me, I had to go sell. So I just want to highlight that one more time for the listener. And then number two, I want to say that you strategically wanted to sell. It wasn't just go door knock. It wasn't just make phone calls, although those things are good, I'm sure, in your industry and plenty of others that are listening. But you wanted to strategically go after some larger projects that then gave you time to then be able to go get some of those other avenues to fill your pipeline. Number one is fill the pipeline. Number two is that you're going to fill your pipeline in different ways. And you need to approach those ways in different uh, formats, aka the examples that you gave to us of bringing in your manufacturer, helping you build some trust and rapport and some, and some, some belief in, in some of those older folks. And then, of course, um, getting just creative to, to be able to do both of those at the same time, I think is what I'm hearing you say a lot of. And so thank you for that. I think that there's so much more that you gave to us, but for the sake of time here, that's plenty on a good decision. Now on a bad decision, I want to hear that thing that you did that you just face palm this one, you lost money, you lost time, whatever it was. Obviously, I want to know what you learned from it as well. I knew you were going to ask me the bad question. I, I never look at anything as like, Bad. I always look at it as there's a learning opportunity from it. So yep. almost, yeah, if I lost money on a couple jobs here and there, probably, but like I learned so much from it. I, I needed better systems. I needed better processes. I needed, yeah. um, 
I, I needed different types of people to be able to handle those situations. I learned so much from anything that could be considered, I guess, bad. I never looked at anything bad. I looked at everything like as an opportunity to right, learn right. and grow. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I've made some bad hires over the years, but I learned from those too. I don't right. know. Like, I, I feel like I have no regrets about any decision I've ever made in my life. No, it's good. I think that it, it's a common theme. As you can imagine, interviewing other seven-figure owners, this is a similar answer that I've gotten before. And it would be the answer that I would give if you had asked me the question, which is failures are dues. I just want to pay them as fast as possible. Yeah, I didn't go to college. So that was my college tuition. Exactly. Tuition dollars around here. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I so way more invested than a college degree. too. <laughs> uh, and, and guess what? You're making more than the average college graduate, I bet, at, at a multi seven figure business. So here's the reality is that well, what I'm hearing you say in the bad decisions is, okay, so maybe practically you've made some bad hires, which means that they didn't fit well in the position that they were in, or they didn't fit well with your personality. Give us a little bit of like meat on the bone there. When you're starting a business and you're doing all the, the activity, whether it's sales or production or finance, and you're actually in the business, so you don't really hone your skills at hiring. You don't really hone your skills at like training systems, processes, all that good right. stuff. So back in the early days, it was like, hey, man, do you want to come work for me? Like, I got this growing business. I need some help, man. I don't know how we're going to do it, but just come on board. And so you get a lot of people that were like you, right? That's people that were willing to take a chance. So you didn't have a plan. You know, that's yep. okay. And that can get you so far until it's time to get a little bit more serious and a little bit more strategic than yep. those types of people. They don't usually need a bunch of crazy people in the business like me. And there's only usually room for one or two of us. And um, then you find out that some people just don't fit in. And then as you get wiser in business, you start to learn how to ask better questions up front. And this isn't the sales process or the hiring process. It's all a process, right? right. So you get better at asking better questions because you know what the end looks like now because yep. you've been hit in the face so many times. <laughs> if you don't learn from it, shame on you because like you should be able to figure it out after seven or eight people. Yeah. And yeah, then that's just kind of what you do. Every time I make a hire, it feels like, wow, this is so much better. Like it's just getting so much better, like the hiring process. 100%. And so I know just from off air talks that we've had, you use strength finders, you use personality profiles, you've identified probably skill sets that are in this seat. So you, you're not just hiring a person, you've identified the seat, the, the quantifi quantifiable targets of this seat, and then you're trying to fit a specific person for this seat. So for the six figure person that maybe doesn't have access to all those things yet, obviously, number one would be go figure those things out because they've extremely helped you. But if you can put yourself back in those shoes, when it comes to hiring, what's something simple that they can go do today to help them better do what you're talking about? I actually would disagree with the fact that it, you, they can't do the, the testing. The testing works, but I yep. tell you what, the testing is the cheap part. You can pay 50 yep. bucks and get a test done. 100%. But now I actually know the, the questions to ask to be able to pull out the personality traits in an interview without actually even testing them. Because I'm not a big fan of like, hey, take a test. If you pass, like we will hire you. I do test them actually after I hire them. And then salespeople, I actually test before just because I'm trying to speed up the process because you get a lot of bull crap or salespeople, people trying to sell you. So I just, as a filtering process, I, I do an evaluation for that. But for, for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you can do a disc test. It'll tell you, you know, where they're strong at. And if you do your own disc, you're trying to find people that are going to complement you in different skill sets. Yeah. So like the same type of profile for an accounting person is going to be different than a salesperson because you want someone in accounting that's detailed, that's meticulous, that can be consistent. 
You don't you know, lead your accounting department? Is that what you're No way. <laughs> that was the first job that I delegated and elevated out of because the only part that I was good at was invoicing. That's yeah. only one little part of the accounting process I came to find out one year. <laughs> and my tax accountant. And yeah, he was definitely happy that I started hiring somebody that could keep track of the expenses and make sure they were categorized correctly. You could do a whole podcast on that boring stuff, but oh, yeah. I'm yeah. just out here to sell more stuff. There you go. I love it. Okay. You've given us my, one of my other questions is a formula for good decision-making. You've kind of given us those things. What do you do to stay disciplined? Like you seem like you're a kind of a crazy guy, a little all over the place. And I would suggest that I am too, but like, how do you stay focused or disciplined in life, business, finance, the whole deal? Put good people around you. Okay. I love that. Put great people around you and put up, once you know yourself, I've done a lot of self-work on myself to figure out who I am and like why I do the things I do and why do I make the same mistakes that I keep making. And once you learn about yourself, then you can kind of put yourself like, like it's like bumper bowling. You can kind of put the bumpers up so that yeah. way you don't go into the gutter. And, yeah. and I've done that with people because humans help me with that. If I was by myself with no humans to help me, I mean, yeah, I'd be a mess. I'd be over all the lanes. So I just want to stay in the one lane. I want to be able to have freedom in the lane, but I want to just be able to stay in the same lane because I know that if I just keep doing more of what I'm really good at, yeah. it's so much easier than starting like 10 different things that I suck at or trying to learn because I got so many people that are chasing shiny objects and I want to chase all the shiny objects. Like I have shiny object syndrome, but now I've trained myself to like, but like, don't touch or don't go down too far. <laughs> because one thing that my uncle taught me that, that I'll take with me forever is don't screw up the mothership. Keep the mothership strong. Like whatever your main focus of your business, EOS talks yep. about core focus, yep. just yep. do more of what you're good at. Yep. And then and then, yeah, you can look around and once you get more people, if you want to go, but like, just keep that mothership running strong. Cause that's, that's what's right. going to feed you during, during a bad time. hundred percent. I want to give two things to the listener here. So first off, I think Benny, a little bit, your profile is naturally vulnerable or open to the idea that maybe you need people around you. And so for the person listening, who's like you, they've probably already begun realizing that, oh, dang, I, I'm not a good accountant. I need somebody. But it's the all the other entrepreneurs that are maybe more like me. We're more technical. We're a little bit more arrogant. I think like maybe I could do it better than you. And so therefore, I spend and waste so much time in previous years, but I'm talking to the listener right now. You're spending so much time and, and energy doing the things that you need to give away, even if you think that you're better. And there are things that I thought and I felt like I was still better even when I gave it away. But then I learned very quickly that the other person just does it their way. And it doesn't mean that I necessarily was better, but actually they're better if I gave, it, gave them the chance. And that, that kept me small. And now granted, luckily for me, I was young and I was able to move through this pretty quickly many years ago. But the, the listener right now who's six figures, not at seven, it's because you probably haven't given enough away. You haven't grown your team. And you're probably in your own way to what Benny's saying is that you got to put people around you, specifically the things that maybe you're good at but that's okay. You need to give it to somebody else also. It's a trust issue. Most people that don't delegate, um, they've had trust problems in the past. Could be because of them, could be because of the other people, but regardless, it's a definitely yeah. a trust issue and they have to resolve that because this whole world operates with the sentiment that we all need each other. I always joke around right. and coronavirus taught me we can't even wipe our butt without help because we got to go to the store to buy toilet paper. Someone's got to ring that toilet paper up Someone's got to put it in the bag. Then I got to drive it home. You know what I mean? Like it's, you can't do anything without people. Like right. you have to have people. Yep. I love that. I love that perspective. Okay. Speed round. I'm excited for these answers here. We, here we can be a little bit more pointed. I won't dig into you as much for the additional answers, but 
Tell me if you could only pick one metric, Benny, for the rest of ever, what metric would you track inside your business? Wow. That's like a loaded question. <laughs> I would think for the sake of this, are you either going to start all the way at the high level and like leads, or are you going to go all the way to the bottom and track net profit? Like, but they're both so important and there's tons of stuff in the middle. That's really juicy too. Yeah. yeah. Because, because I don't care about profit as much and I care more about helping people and serving people. I'd probably tell you, I want leads. I, I want to figure out how I'm getting my pipeline full. Yep. Cause you, the, the rest of it. I know the rest of it's a result of the, the good pipeline being full. That's right. That's right. I would say that from a skilled salesman, um, I would agree with that. If you have a certain amount in the pipeline, the rest will work itself out. Okay. Six-figure listener right now, he needs or she needs to hear a book recommendation from you to help them get to seven figures. What is it? Traction. Okay. By who? Gino Wickman. EOS okay. book. Yeah. EOS, that changed my life. That book changed my life. I was already seven figures when I read it, but it was a little bit easier to do in the roofing business. So some of you, it, it's, it, but it helps about building a team, accountability charts, core values, yeah. a vision, properly getting your vision out of your head and on the paper. So the rest of your team can operate at a high level. That book changed my life. Love it. Love it. Yeah. We've talked a lot about EOS. That's great. Okay. Next question. Do you intentionally mastermind with other entrepreneurs? And the second question to that is, do you pay for it? Oh Yeah. Okay. Uh, I always want to get better. And I remember when I was a child, when I was in high school, you know, when I was in my twenties, even when I was in my thirties and still to this day, you always hear you are who you hang out with. I love that. And that was really true in my twenties. Cause I had a rocky twenties hanging out with some of the wrong people and doing some bad things. And, and then, and even in my thirties, like if you don't level up, if you can't figure out how to get around higher level thinkers and people that are doing awesome things, like you, you don't, you got to be able to manifest it. And you can, if you don't know what it looks like, how do you even dream it? So that's a big thing. When it comes to paying for it, I want to ask you this. I, and I always ask every entrepreneur. So the listener might know what I'm going to ask here, but at the six figure mark, at least when I was there many years ago, and I thought about personal development or getting around other people and spending money to do, it just uh, seemed like a good idea, but I, I had other things I could buy equipment or hiring somebody. It just felt like that was lower on the the priority list. What would you say to that person who's thinking that right now? Whether they're thinking about joining a sales uh, deal like you or a mastermind group, whatever it is. The first thing I joined was a country club because it served a couple purposes, right? Golf, pool, restaurant. And then guess what? You're around a bunch of other people that just pay 500 bucks a month just to hang out. Right. So you're already surrounded by, a, and then there's a bunch of different business owners. After I did that and that catapulted me locally, then I started then fine tuning. Like then I joined contractor groups, nationwide contractor groups. I joined another local business group with a lot of different high level business thinkers. Yeah. And, and you just have to go, but you have to pay. It's you, you have to pay. And it's, I'm telling you what, it's better than any piece of equipment. It's better than any piece of software. It's better than any person that you could hire. The amount of knowledge is the secret to everything. And then with action, you have to take the knowledge because a lot of people just read all day and then don't do anything about it. So you got to do the action after it. But if you can get the knowledge, because without it, you're just, you're spinning your wheels. That's right. I love that. Okay. Very good. Benny, last question for you. I'm going to hit you right between the eyes on this one. If you lost it all today, it's all gone. Bye. No more big fish. What do you do? You're telling just the contracting business. If I lost it, when you say all, like, what do you mean by all? Let's, let's, let's make it all That's encompassing. That's good. That's clarification. That's good. That's a good question. Let's literally say all you have your shirt and you've got yourself tomorrow. What do you do? 
I go find the quickest human that I can find. And I start talking to them and figuring out a way to get to the second human and then the third human and figuring out where I can generate, where I can solve problems and generate an opportunity to make a little bit of cash. And I just keep doing that until I figure out wherever it leads me. I, I yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would, first of all, go get some pants probably. Uh, <laughs> and then I would probably figure out a way to get a phone. Yeah. And I would just keep on going and I would solve problems for people. And I would try it. Cause as long as when you say all, like you didn't take my brain or my heart. Exactly. Yeah, so you didn't really get it all. You only got about 2% of me. That's right. I love it. Because the business and all the money, (laughs) like that's byproducts of what's in here and what's in here. Exactly. Exactly. So you do it all over again. And it sounds like with ease and actually fun, like the entire time, if you're listening to this audibly, you couldn't see his face, but he was literally smiling the whole time. Like maybe that was because you, you pictured yourself without pants. I don't know, but uh, I just always, I tell people all the time, I would love the challenge of like, just dropping me anywhere. And just seeing what I could do with it, because I know I would kick up some dust, man, and it would be fun and it would be cool. And I would love to have it. Then I would like to pay a video guy to document it, like following me around because I would want to write it all down because with the knowledge is in my brain and, and, and the passion in my heart, you can't take that away. If you did, I'd be dead. So it's a different conversation, but that's where it's all at. That's right. Yeah, the uh, you need to be on the undercover billionaire. So you got to hurry up and get to the billionaire mark so they can get you on that show because it sounds like that's exactly what you want to do. Yeah, I, just, I sometimes I wonder if that's real like stuff. That's super real. Yeah, it's it's nice to know when you're going back to your billion dollar palace after the, the 60 days is up. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. A little bit more. You can be a little bit more confident. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You wonder those things. And so we need to emulate maybe taking you to another country, just dropping you off and we'll see it. We'll see you in 2023. See what happens. Well, I got my Bitcoin, so I'll be good. Hey, there you go. Uh, I got my Ethereum. So we'll, we'll have to uh, go back and forth. All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate Benny. You coming here today. You've given us so much value here today for the listener who's taking notes and paying attention. He's talked about sales. He's talked about being creative in marketing. He's talked about growing your team and getting uh, out in front of your own self, like out of your own way. He's talked about putting uh, strategic uh, plans in front, talking about the book, the, tra- the traction. He talked about you know, all these important things that he would uh, do if he was back in your shoes. And so I hope that uh, today is super valuable for you. So thank you again, Benny, for being on the stage today. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Chas. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.